0: All right, welcome back to the big program. Very pleased to be uh, joined in studio now by Kenny Lacusta and Ethan Hallaby, uh, one of the top up-and-coming boxers in our city. And uh, Merry Christmas. Uh, happy holidays to both of you. Thanks for coming in.
1: Happy holidays to you, too. Thanks for having us. We're a very pleased to be here. Uh, I was actually just telling Kenny down in the car how excited I am for all this. And <laughs> obviously, it's a beautiful studio. Now that I'm looking around, I, I just can't wait to get right into it.
0: Well, Ken, you were here a little about a month and a half ago or so. Uh, so
2: you're a crusty old veteran in the Sports 1440 studios. Exactly. I'm getting used to it now. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, it's nice and comfortable, that's for sure.
0: Well, so thanks so much for coming in. And uh, Ethan, I guess even the holidays... A guy like yourself, so you got a big fight coming up in less than a month or so. You you got you know, it's not like you're sitting around the the, the Christmas dinner
1: table and wolfing down no, no, you know no. turkey and gravy and all that. You're still in training, right? Yes, uh, actually, that's one thing I've gotten used to, and you know, it was never that hard because boxing has been a very demanding sport from age of 14 till now no matter what level you're at you always gotta check your mm-hmm. weight uh make sure you're in good condition make sure you don't lose yourself because it can get easy especially around holidays when you're around all your family and loved mm-hmm. ones and you're comfortable and happy you just always have to have at the end of your mind like i gotta make sure i keep my eye on my opponent while everyone's having fun you know you gotta keep it in the back of your head how do you keep that focus Um, just the feeling of, uh, accomplishing what you want to do in the rain when it comes to that moment, like when it comes to the big day or the big tournament, the feeling of getting your hand raised or the feeling of the whole crowd chanting your name while your hand Mm -hmm. is raised, you know, that's, that's what I value when I want to push myself to work. You know what I mean? You want to, it helps in this sport to vision something so that it could keep you going, when i'm running the hills what am i visioning beating the guy then jumping on the ropes or Mm -hmm. something you know like little things that help you mentally it doesn't have to be always like the same thing but something that will push you anything it could be anything because it's such a mental sport to begin with Mm -hmm. yeah Bill. that's probably the best advice i could give anyone in the that's starting or is in boxing
0: Ethan Hallaby with us in the Sports 1440 Studios, studios along with Ken Lacusta. So, Ken, when you hear you know a young
2: boxer like this have that focus, what do you think? I I, I love to hear it. I I see it on the hills. I'm with him when he runs the hills, and I I've trained a lot of fighters from around here that, <clears throat> that have been pretty good lightweight champion in Canada and a couple of big heavyweights from Las Vegas. And Ethan runs those hills like a wolf. He just the uh, fastest up those hills, and I really enjoy watching him. And uh, if he keeps it up, you see, it's a thing in boxing where you have to keep going, and the more you do it, the more you get good at your body and good at, in boxing. So mm-hmm. he's uh, he's doing really well right now, and I, I love his attitude. He's got a great attitude. Thank you, Kenny. <laughs> Are you keeping up yeah. with him on those hills or what? Ken? Oh no, no, no. Me, <laughs> me and his dad, uh, me and his dad, just walk the hills as he's sprinting up the hill. We walk behind him, and then at the very top, we chat. And sometimes we do hand pads after that up at the top mm-hmm. of the hill, but you know a lot of the talk is is what's going to happen in the future and what's going what's what's coming towards him in the future that we have to prepare for so that's what I'm trying to get him prepared for for what's going to be down the road, and we've talked to people in Las Vegas. Las Vegas now, Top Rank mm-hmm. is interested in taking a look at him, and we're interested in going to Vancouver for a little more extra sparring. So we're just kind of we're kind of moving out of the realm of Edmonton now. We still, of course, Edmonton's our home base, and we love it here. But uh, we're we're looking to work with some other people now and get them some exposure outside of the city.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you? I guess game plan that can as a as a trainer, as a you know a friend and you're mentoring a young boxer. How do you kind of do that, and what's your thought process moving forward there?
2: Well, my thought process is always the same. It's always you gotta first you gotta walk before you run, and we gotta make sure that we're we're where we are when we're there. So we want to we want to be at the position we want to be in when we're in the best of shape. So we'll take on uh, a lot of the people in, in the future, uh, good fighters as we're moving up. But we'll make sure that we stay in the in the realm of of of, of smartness and business wise for all of us to make sure that Ethan and I got a good feeling that Ethan may be the first one that wins a legitimate world title mm. like a WBC or a WBA and will be known worldwide. Uh, for the first time ever in Edmonton, and I think we have a real good chance with him. And it's it's sh- all the ball is certainly in his court. For he's got to work out, and he's got to look at people like Holyfield and and Larry Holmes and all these people that worked so hard before him, and he's got to say, hey, if they can do it, I can do it. And that's the kind of attitude you have to have.
0: That's Ken Lacusta, also Ethan Hallaby in our Sports fourteen forty studio. So, Ethan, when you hear Ken talking about that, again, everything is a process. And you have to look at it when you're setting goals and you're looking at my next fight, my next, even a gym day, my next training session. Exactly. How do you kind of handle that, and how do you look at that moving forward?
1: Well, I, I look at it as if where I was, like, let's say three years ago, I wanted to be a pro fighter. I wanted to touch a couple national stages, but I knew at that time I had to work so hard, and I was like, as obviously as a young kid that wants to just jump at everything and yeah. you know like jump the gun you you just get so overwhelmed with excitement but then you have to like kind of calm it down step by step like Kenny said run the hills make sure you have a good jab make sure when you're in there your condition your legs are conditioned you know everything uh takes a, a step at a time and now when i'm somewhere like here second pro fight going on to my third Looking for uh, some top rank exposure, like he said, all that. I, you got to take those moments and make sure, okay, I am making progression. Mm-hmm. Where was I three years ago? Where was I two years ago? Where am I today? And that really, really helps me have confidence in myself. And then when someone as high, high as Kenny, who has fought George Foreman and Larry Holmes and been with the best and been on that stage, it means a lot. Because clearly he knows where to do better and where to do right you know what i mean because he's been there he's made the mistakes he's made the the accomplishments so someone like him it's a big thing for him him to say that
0: yeah there's no question about that ethan hallaby ken lacusta in our sports 1440 studios so your
1: next fight is less than a month uh yeah january 20th at river creek casino yeah and who are you fighting um, I did have an opponent and I was looking at him the other day and then my coach comes up to me and he's like oh yeah they're looking for a new opponent okay. this guy something something with his shoulder you yeah. know you never know happens, what happens yeah. you know someone could get injured I've been injured yeah. so it could be anything but whoever it is I'm hoping to just execute my plan stay low mm-hmm. stay fast stay safe and use that jab oh as <laughs> Kenny says the jab and And the jab in our game is like stick handling. You always got to be stick handling. You know what I mean? Like it's something that has to naturally come to you in the sport and jab wins championships.
0: So what kind of uh, job does
2: Ethan have, Ken? Well, Ethan's got a really good job. He's a fast, he's very fast and he's good on his feet. He's, he, he reminds me a lot of uh, a mixture like these two guys are like if we can just get close to where these two guys are. But mm-hmm. I like to to think of him as uh, Sugar Ray Leonard speed and and, and Mayweather okay. movement. He's got that Mayweather movement. If you've ever seen him fight, he makes people miss right in front of him, and then he makes them pay. Mm-hmm. And that's very important. And, and he's rare because he's got he's a he's a kind of guy that's. Uh, He's got that real good speed with good balance, Mm -hmm. and he's not falling all over the ring or or taking big steps. He's taking little steps, and he's doing it properly. And as you uh, get good at doing that, only the best things will come from that. People will miss, you'll frustrate them, and then you can execute your jab and everything else. Uh,
0: So how do you prepare then against when this opponent gets injured, now you have to change kind of on the fly here. How's that work?
2: Well, what we do is we just get ready to fight a, a, a guy probably with a record of uh, four and four or five and mm-hmm. five, someone who's been around and fought some people, but all, how we prepare is making sure we're in the best shape, making sure our defense is there, and making sure our jabs are there. So we work on those three things are our main things that we work on. Every day we work on those three. Mm-hmm. You can never become too good defensively. You never can be in too good a shape, uh-huh. and you never have a good enough job, but if you have those three, those three can pretty well win you a lot of fights, especially with the kind of... the guts and heart that Ethan has. Ethan really likes to perform in front of his friends and he, he actually yeah. does it he, at a very he, in his first two pro fights. The last one was a knockout. He really performed in front of everybody and I really loved what I seen because he wasn't tight. He threw his punches real fast and th- the crowd seems to spur him on. So it's a great thing to have a fighter mm-hmm.
0: like that. We're going to take a quick break here and then you guys will come back and we'll talk a little bit more about this fight coming up and what you do kind of training and things like that, Ethan. So much more with Ethan uh, Ethan Hallaby, Ken LaCusta, when we come back on the Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, Kevin Carey Show on Sports 1440. Uh, Ken LaCusta, Ethan Hallaby in studio with us uh, in West Edmonton Mall. Guys, thanks for coming in again. And... Uh, Kenny, we were just talking in in the break about a little story. You were in Philadelphia. Uh,
2: this is how, how many years ago was that? That, was, that would be about nineteen eighty seven, eighty six, eighty seven. Hey. So you did, and it was Slim's Gym. Yeah, Slim's Gym in, in Philly. And we, yeah. were, we were training Atlantic City, and the, and the world champ we were training with he had a problem. He got his arm hurt or something, so we got a week off. So my trainer was from F- Philadelphia, so we went back to Philadelphia. And he says, "Let's go to Slim's gym and have a workout." So <laughs> we went to Slim's, and and my my trainer was a boisterous guy. His name was uh, 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 his name was Willard Barbour. I say okay. his name right. Will- Anyways, Willard. Uh, we get to the gym, to Slim's gym, and Willard walks in. And he was a like, really loud speaker he says anybody in the gym I got the Canadian champ anybody want to spar and I'm like oh please Well, why do you say that Willard I'm thinking to myself sure enough Jesse Ferguson was there he just went 10 rounds with Tyson so me and him six rounds full tilt at each other trying to kill each other and, you know, because everybody's watching and it was quite, it was just a, but right. I would never do something like that. You can do, but that's yeah. how just how my trainer was. He would test me. Mm-hmm. And after we were finished that, he would say, you know, it was a test to see how you handle it. And I mean, it was a test and there's different yeah. ways to do that, but I mean, it, it's a harsh way to do it, but so it, it, it's, it can be done. How
0: many years were you Canadian champ
2: before that? I was, two, uh, three? two years, two, two years. years okay. Yeah. And I, I won it twice, but I was yeah. two years that time. So 85. Yeah, time. yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, when you look back now, I try and take all the mistakes I made, like not training hard mm-hmm. enough and making mistakes that I made, taking fights on a short notice and yeah. stuff like that, and we're going to try and do Ethan the other way. And like I said, we've mm-hmm. talked, talked with Top Rank, and they know that, that we got something here, and I, I wouldn't be calling them and saying we're going to come and spar if we didn't have nothing. So we want to kind of show them what we have and see what they say, maybe mm-hmm. uh fight on TV in the U.S. a couple of times in the next six, eight months. That's Ken Lacusta, Ethan Hallaby, also with us in studio here. What's a
0: normal day for you, like, Ethan, training? Uh, kind of run us through what you do what when you get up and just what, what a whole day looks like uh, in the boxing training. Well,
1: usually during fight camp, which is, like, it could be anywhere from a month to two months mm-hmm. out, that's when I'm, like, really strict on everything. I'll go... Wake up first in the morning, to try and stretch a little bit, head right to the basement, get out of the way, you just do some strength core training, because that's one of the main things in boxing is your balance, and that comes from the core. Mm-hmm. So much power from your punches is just all twisting right there. And then right after that, I'll just relax a little bit, because I know eventually uh, time's going to fly by, and I'll be at the gym in no time. Go to the gym, box, uh, either do circuit training and then uh, some defensive rounds where I get punched and I can't punch back or it's just a full day of sparring where the whole gym is in the rain sparring. That's usually anywhere from an hour and a half to two hours and then I would come home and if it's warm like Kenny told you earlier we'd go to the hills run it up th- three, four times do some hand pads talk because you know the talking is a very big mm-hmm. part for your mental Go home, all my vitamins and my protein powders, and then I get <laughs> the last couple hours of the day to myself. That's it. So it's yeah. it's a three step process: strength and conditioning, and then your boxing. Yeah. Strength in the morning, conditioning after boxing. So it's a it's a nice routine, honestly. Yeah. It's and back to what he had, this reminds me. Kenny said something earlier: is uh, any not anyone can do it, but not. You know, like people think, oh, because this guy's from the states, uh, that's why he did it. Or th- it doesn't matter where you're from. Mm-hmm. Everyone's human. You just got to put in the time. You, you just got to have a program and stick to that. Mm-hmm. Kenny,
2: Kenny, you weren't on the protein uh, powders, mm-hmm. were you? Not as much as I should. <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as I should have been. I see. I, I look back at Ethan. I think yeah. the mistakes I made. And now I try and tell Ethan, don't make these mistakes. I I used to take fights on short notice and different stuff like that. But, you know, his starting of his career reminds me of mine, too, because when I started, you know, you get guys like Dan Kepley and the Eskimos would get behind us and the the Oilers would get. Well, already the Oilers, nice enough, we want to thank them. They showed Ethan on one of the programs and, and uh, really enjoyed seeing him doing the hand pads right during the hockey game. So mm-hmm. we got good exposure there, and we we're so happy that uh, that they did that they did that for us. And you know, stuff like that kind of builds him up and makes him feel good. And he's proud of where he's from. He's from Edmonton here, and he's he's proud of it. And all his friends will come watch him, and and that's a big deal to be on an Oiler telecast. So we thanked him for uh,
1: yeah, exactly. for putting us on
2: that. That that was huge
1: for me. Honestly, yeah. I was so surprised and so grateful that they take their time to like even even like that small commercial like they, they gave me it meant the world like, yeah. I didn't know 30, 20 seconds could mean so much to me <laughs> cause that was just great to see
0: Ken Lacusta, Ethan Hallaby, with us in the Sports 1440 Studios. Um, there was an article that was in the Edmonton Sun, and we were talking about it before we came yes. on air here. And you, you used to play hockey, yeah. and and something happened during a game, and and someone, I think, in the stand said. Hey, maybe this you should
1: get into boxing here yeah. how'd that work yeah actually I just obviously as a kid it's a little hard to remember stuff but you remember faint stuff and like little things that stick with you and one of the things that stuck with me because I was always thinking about it as a kid especially with my uh, my uncle Eddie that was always telling my dad to get me into the boxing gym which he's the one that actually sent me to mm-hmm. the boxing and got me into it you know so that was very nice of him uh they were uh, my dad was getting uh, me undressed you know he's like oh he's like Ethan you shouldn't have done that blah 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 and then one of the parents from the other side stopped my dad he thought like he was gonna be a mad or something like your son he's like you should put your son in boxing i was like (laughs) i was like see dad like he's saying it like i should go down with uncle eddie and just start me up please and then i I remember like within that year i remember i was like 11 years old almost 12 that's around the time i got into it like just conditioning you know not no Mm -hmm. experience yeah no sparring no no fighting just like punching the bag you know like so you know what it feels like to breathe in a different sport because you know it's all different, like basketball, hockey like every I've played a lot of sports, and each sport you got to be conditioned in a certain way to perform in it you know mm-hmm. see
2: we want to we want to take Ethan in Edmonton here to have one of the first times that Edmonton will have a guy that has a chance to win the world title, and we want to we want Edmonton to have a guy that everybody looks up to in in boxing and we're proud to say, hey. I can't wait to see Ethan fight this. And it reminds me back, you know, about two years ago, I was at Rexall drugstore. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, I felt a hand on my shoulder. And who was it? Craig McTavish taps me on the shoulder. And Craig says, oh, Kenny, I remember that fight when you fought Foreman. And I said, oh, what did you like Oh, he says, oh, but about eight of us hockey players all went to the game. When, when he knocked you down, we thought, oh, poor Kenny, stay down. And you got up, and then you cracked him with that big yeah. overhand, right? And he said, we all jumped. We thought the roof was going to come off. Yeah. And I always liked that comment. So I'm, I kind of look back now, and I think of Ethan now. The Oilers are ready. They... They mm-hmm. put him on one of their telecasts, which was really big for him, and he appreciated it. and And we we just we just loved it when they did that. And we feel that he's walking in the steps of a guy that possibly in the future can be a champion for us, and everybody will be behind him from our city. Mm-hmm. Where do you get that drive from, Ethan? And
0: you know, to be the best, and you want to be a world champ. Like, where does that come from?
1: Probably stubbornness, yeah. honestly, in the most. Like simple way, I think I've always been a, a stubborn kid to get my point across, or in in a good way, not in like mm-hmm. a, just you know. But and I f- and I feel that stubbornness when I'm in the ring, especially when like when you have no stamina left, or like there's been times where I fought in very like sick. You you you've been to one of my fights yeah, actually, yeah. Kenny, where I was sick and I was telling you I was like Kenny, I can't breathe, my chest is burning, like. I don't know how I'm gonna do this. I haven't even started fighting yet, and once I get in there, I'm like, okay, this—I mm-hmm. feel at home again. I'm ready. I'm—I'm I'm not losing now. I'm not losing when I'm in there. I—I I just gotta get in the rain. Once I get in the ring, that's seems now, to be it seems to be that
2: there. he's the kind of guy that can really relax. You know, mm-hmm. I was so shocked. All of a sudden, he finished his last fight. He stopped the guy in the third round, and he grabbed the mic and he started talking. I said, to "Holy <laughs> smokes! There's a young guy." Only eight just turned 18 years old got the big crowd here he just had a fight he just won the fight and it, really, it looked really good winning here he's grabbing the mic now he's talking like a a, a guy from parliament he's talking <laughs> so so nice I, I never seen that before so that just goes to show me more composure. of composure and how he yes. can stay relaxed and how he can stay with the boxing what he's doing and keep his mind on the on what's happening so when you keep your mind on what's happening you can win a lot of fights that way but Like I said, you have to have the defense, the jab, and the conditioning. You have those three, and he's got those, and then he's got that talent. He's a very talented, uh, athletic young guy. Yeah. So the fight, uh, the 20th of January, River Creek? January 20th at the River Creek. He's going to be one of our main fights. He won fighter of the night last Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. He he picked up 500 bucks extra, which he he enjoyed, (laughs) and uh, we're gonna have it again this time for fighter of the night. We get the crowd; the crowd picks whoever they think, and whoever they we take the three finalists and we, the loudest cheer. And then we go down to the last two, and the loudest cheer wins the money. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not a lot of money, but it means a lot for them. More they get their name on a trophy, and we keep it at Elite Sportswear, and we yeah. keep it. They're going to fix it up for us. Drew Shamhorn from Elite Sportswear is going to fix up the trophy for us, and we, we really appreciate it. How's the support been for you?
1: Amazing. I, I you know what? Honestly, and because, like I told you, like. Uh, when you're just in such a young mindset, I feel like you don't look at yourself as, you don't look at it as that Mm -hmm. that big of a thing until people start coming up to you and congratulating you and when's your next fight? And and then like it starts to get really cool and that's like what Kenny said is you have to just keep your composure and head down and just focus. Like stuff will play out. That's That's how I try and look at it. Stuff will just eventually play out and I... That's just, yeah, one of the biggest things I try and do is just keep my composure and just enjoy it, you know? Do you have uh, favorite fighters? Who's your, who are some of them? Easy. Uh, Vinny Panzienza oh, okay. broke his neck, came back yeah. in the weight, weight division, a couple weight divisions up, fought, won world titles. Um, Mike Tyson, obviously, from a young age, that was my one of my favorites. And sometimes... Sometimes I, I'm, I'm like in Muhammad Ali and then sometimes Sugar Ray Okay. Between those two. But yeah. those are some of my favorite those fighters. Those are some pretty good
2: fighters right there. <laughs> Tell your story with Vinny again. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. were, we were at, with uh, uh, before a press conference with Vinny Pazianzi and me and him. We're chatting back and forth. And he's just a good guy. And I told him, you know, I just says, Vinny, that movie that you did, I loved it. Yeah. It was one of the best boxing shows I've ever seen. And we were talking back and forth. And all of a sudden, some people walked by. And he says, hey, there's Ken Lacusti. He fought George Foreman and Larry Holmes. And then he looked at me and says, you fought Larry Holmes? I says, yeah. I says, he stopped me in the eighth round on a cut. He says, no, no, you won. I says, no, no, I didn't win. He stopped me on a cut. He says, no, you won. He don't talk like you talk. Yeah. So it was, he, he kind of just made me feel good that way. But I mean, I always looked up to Larry Holmes. He was yeah. one of the one of the greatest ever. Like I mean, 50, 14 in a row knockouts in world title fights mm-hmm. in a row. And then he won a decision 15 rounds. So he had the title for a long time. Yeah. And George Foreman, too. And George Foreman, yeah. of course, was a gold medalist from the Olympics. And everybody was, oh. he was so high on him. Everybody thought he was going to take Ali out. Yeah. Every, like he was a big favorite in that fight in, in Africa. Yeah, the Rumble so, and the jungle. Yeah, and, and you see no. these two guys, Ali and Foreman, they're just huge, man. Yeah. They're just huge. Did, did Foreman, did he have a cut
0: in the, uh, like, a sparring and then the fight was delayed? in, in
2: uh, the rumble in the, in the I'm jungle? Not, I'm not sure. That, I think that it might have been. It might have yeah. been because they had one thing about the uh, in, in when they were in Africa they had the whole crowd sold right out so they didn't oh. have to worry about nothing oh. so they can kind of move yeah. it around if uh, they have uh, a cut or something. That was so cool. Oh, like, yeah.
0: I, I think Angelo Dundee said that George doesn't like it in in here like in Africa. George wants to go back to the states. Yeah. Muhammad well, they,
2: Ali liked it there. Yeah, they wanted to they wanted to make George always look out the bad guy which yeah. hey that's what boxing's all about and Ali was always known as the as the good guy so it was a bad mm-hmm. guy good guy. You know, nobody would really cheer for for George Foreman a lot back then, but yeah. the, they they wow. start cheering for him after a while. But I mean, hey, I mean it, it is what it is. I mean, but Foreman become very very popular. Yeah. And he sells a lot of this chicken thing too. So <laughs> the it,
0: the George Foreman grill George Foreman Grill, yeah, so he did well. Yeah, and I think, didn't he have all the kids were named George, one, two, three, four, yeah.
2: (laughs) And he said, I remember when he was coming back out, because I've always been a big fan of George Foreman, he was coming back and George Foreman did an interview on TV, and they were in a big, big, like a a big, huge building that he had for the underprivileged kids in Houston, Texas. Yes. It was was a a big building, and George Foreman says, you know, they says, well, he says, I might lose this building, but he says, the only way I can keep it, i got to go back to fighting, so mm-hmm, I can keep yeah. this building for the kids. And yeah. sure enough, he went back to fighting, and that, that's still there today. As we speak now, it's still all those young kids that mm-hmm. don't have no money. they got a place to go and play all kinds of sports. See,
1: that movie they made the changed my perspective on George Foreman. Big time, actually, because I didn't know. I knew a good, I knew a decent amount, like about mostly about boxing with George. Heavy hands, brick wall, keeps never (laughs) stops moving forward. You know the, the like the little knowledge you know about him if you're in boxing. But and then that movie showed me a whole different side. Yeah. He was a preacher. Always was all about the kids. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, wow. Like, and that brings me back to another thing. Is like in this sport, you just always have to be humble and kind. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. It's, it, it, it shows. I I believe it's better than going Mm -hmm. and talking and trying to make all all that money. I think being humble and kind and doing your job will get you somewhere.
0: Well, you're very well spoken, Ethan. And you you know what? Thanks for coming in, Ken. Thanks for coming in. we were talking about this about two weeks ago, and yeah. I said, well, why don't you just come in the studio and, you know, sure. we'll shoot the breeze. And then, of course, we'll be promoting the fight uh coming up on the 20th. Thanks so much. And uh we'll look forward to that. So thanks so much for coming in. Thanks, thanks for having Thank us. We appreciate it. Uh, before we go to break, we're going to run the ski report, Duke. Is that correct?
3: Locked and loaded, Kev. All
0: right. Here's the Duke with the uh, Snow Valley Ski Report.
1: This is... Is the Sports 1440
0: Ski Report. Your Ski Report for Thursday,
3: December 28th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. A lack of fresh snow continues to hamper all resorts in Alberta and most of Western Canada as warm, dry weather persists. In Jasper, Marmot Basin has all lifts open except the new quad knob chair, uh, 42 centimeter base out in Jasper. Down at Lake Louise, 131 runs open, all lifts operating in a 90 centimeter base at Sunshine, 78-centimeter base, all lifts running, and Northway also with all lifts in operation, and a 68-centimeter base. Nakiska, 51 runs open with their extensive snowmaking, actually some of the best coverage in the mountains right now. Further south, Castle Mountain, the whole mountain is open, only advanced and expert skiing and riding is available due to what they call shark-infested waters, in layman's term, shallow snowpack, and lots of natural hazards still showing through. Into BC, no new snow at Fernie, Kimberley, Kicking Horse, and Panorama, but Revelstoke has had a couple centimeters overnight and 25 centimeters in the last week, so if you're willing to make the drive, you could find some soft conditions in Revy's higher elevation. Locally, all good in Edmonton ski areas, open and operating with extended holiday hours.
0: That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Oh, that's one of the best songs going. Love it, dude. Uh, welcome back to Sports 1440, Kevin Carey's show. Time now for... And, I, you know, it was great to have Kenny and, and Ethan in. Uh, we were sort of kind of had to get going here. But because we have, are you in or are you out?
3: We had some great time. We're about to have some more. I know
1: that look. I'm putting together a team. Then I'm in. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. Are you in or are you out on Sports
3: fourteen forty? I'm out. All right,
1: Duke.
3: Just the two of us today, Kev. So I, uh, I kept it on the easier side. I only <laughs> I like to throw the really hard ones at our at our co-hosts, right?
0: I I was waiting for a question from the Duke's mail Bowl. <laughs>
3: <laughs> just as uh, just as expected, a nice dumping of mayonnaise on oh. top of the uh, the winning coach yesterday. Oh. That was. That was that makes me shiver in my skin. That is it, disgusting. It
0: is, isn't it? Like that's is like. Think of all the things that you could get dumped on, you know. And of course, Gatorade is the number one thing, right? You know. Yeah. But like, I don't know. Like, I mean, there's the Frito Lay bowl, like thing, at Doritos chips or something, right? That's okay.
3: That's that's okay. the The French fries I mean, at the fries. Uh, the potato bowl, like all these things are
0: perfectly okay do they water the do they cut it with a little water to get the yeah
3: you have to think they would because (laughs) like like you have to shake the living crap out of it just to get it out of there
0: and it's got to be heavy it's got to be that's oh my god hundred pounds or so that's a lot
3: that's a that's a that's a two-man job for sure for (laughs) sure but uh while we're on the topic of football no mayo bowl questions but we will start with the thursday nighter tonight the cleveland browns taking on the new york jets if the season plays out uh Well, the most likely scenario, that the Baltimore Ravens will maintain the one seed and get the bye, setting up the possibility, depending on Mm -hmm. first-round matchups and upsets, of a Cleveland and Baltimore AFC North AFC Championship game, and in my opinion, that would feature the two best teams in the
0: conference. I am out on this, Duke, because, again, I was predicting Miami to beat Dallas, and Miami just squeaked one out. So I still think the Dolphins are the number two-ranked team in the conference. So I'm going to say out close though. uh, I mean, Joe Flacco, what a, I mean, this is elite. It's an, it's a incredible story. The way he is, you know, off the couch and you know, whatever you want to say, but I mean, he's been one of the top quarterbacks in the league, maybe a couple too many picks, but
3: that's always been the thing with him. He's a, he's a gunslinger and he can, and I'm really interested to see how he performs tonight against this yes. obviously very good New York Jets defense that continues to play their bags off, even though the team stinks and is out of it. <laughs> uh, I, I really respect that defense. They I sat them last week in fantasy, didn't end up costing me. It only cost me a few points because the Eagles' D had a decent mm-hmm. day against the uh, the uh, the Giants. Mostly that <laughs> final kick in the end zone uh, salvaged a, a few extra points for yeah. me but th- this e- this Jets D is, is for real uh, yeah. regardless of what happens on the other side of the ball so how Flacco can manage that and uh, kind of if he can continue this great uh, connection with both Amari Cooper and David Njoku um, he still has Elijah Mitchell who he uh, had a, uh, some time with the New York as well who he relies on so I, I think the Browns are a, a really good team my future preseason bet of them winning the North Pretty well out the door, uh, all but guaranteed at this point. Uh, with Baltimore having the great season, but I still think they are a tremendous, tremendous mm-hmm. team. And um, this is looking way ahead, but interested to see what they do at the quarterback position. We talked a little bit about the Broncos earlier in the show. Uh, but I don't you, think they can. You can't exactly move on from Deshaun Watson, no. but do you just bench him and play some uh, play somebody else? Because let's yeah. be honest, apart from a few small samples of single games or single parts in games, Deshaun Watson has not been good as a Cleveland Brown.
0: I, I, I totally agree with and that. He can't stay I on the field. totally agree with that. Yeah, totally agree.
3: Can't stay on the field, yep. but uh, Canada, 10 nothing win yesterday morning at the World Junior Championships over in Gothenburg. A Macklin Celebrini, six points through two games uh, and another throwback to a previous version of In-N-Out where I said Celebrini would lead the team in mm-hmm. scoring. Yes. Um, but all this to say, I do think that Connor Bedard's 36 points uh, accumulated the most ever by a Canadian in a World Junior sweater. It will never be touched by a Canadian player
0: uh, I'll, go, I'll, I'll go I'm in on this I think that's a lot of points and again the way players are like I think we would expect Celebrini to be in the NHL next year right that, that, and that's, so that's, that's why
3: that's really the genesis of this point I think is that yep. most players these days only play in one maybe two and even for two tournaments to, to match that I mean that's the fourth most of all time Forsberg's 42 and 14 games is honestly unbelievable mm-hmm. uh, but then Reichel and Bury above Bedard but are a generational talent. We'll see other generational talents, but uh, a to crack Canada's roster as the underager and then do what he did as uh, still an undrafted player last year. Uh, I don't think anybody will
0: will ever sniff it. Yeah, I'm in.
3: Edmonton Oilers back in action tonight as they are in NorCal to play the Sharks. Uh, Oilers next eight opponents all or pardon, me, only two of the next eight opponents uh, currently in a playoff spot. I'm saying over this stretch they
0: will go seven and. One. I'm out on this only by just a hair. I think that they're maybe six and two, but not seven and one. That's a that's a good run again. Uh having said that, Duke, you uh fearlessly predicted that the orders would be over five hundred heading into the new year. New year. year. And they're, now they're at 500 right now, so going to be oh, close. They got two if they win two out of three. You were correct Which on that. I,
3: I, I had said I think yep. they sweep this California trip. The Kings obviously a good team, but they're going to be um, had a couple games in already, and the, the Oilers kind of keep the momentum going. Hopefully, getting a good start tonight against the Sharks. On the other side of this coin, uh, also an eight game span, the record setting Detroit Pistons. Uh, they'll play tonight, <laughs> looking to avoid their 28th straight loss, uh, already an NBA record. Uh, they play the San Antonio Spurs in eight game t- eight games time uh, starting in, at the start of January. I'm
0: saying they will not have a win before that. I am in on this one. I think this is could be one of the worst teams in NBA history.
3: The thing is, the Spurs have two more wins than them. <laughs>
0: know, but they got one of the two, best two, young players, on, yeah,
3: I'm Very fair. Yeah, the Pistons. I mean, Cade Cunningham, obviously a, a, a top yeah. pick uh, coming out of the NBA draft a couple of years ago. But the Pistons are in... Like, this is So that's in two weeks. So
0: January, what is it? I think 10th. I don't have okay. a sin, right? I believe that was the date. Yeah, I'm going to be, I'm in, I mean, I don't know where you stand <laughs> on this, but I just, I'm, and you know what? People might just watch that game because it's like a car accident, right? Yeah, The well,
3: we were talking about this the last time the Oilers played the Sharks, the Turd Bowl.
0: That was at that time.
3: That was the Turd Bowl, and oh, I, if man. I recall that same yeah. Thursday night, the football game was also kind of a toilet bowl that night. <laughs> I can't even remember which one, but I do think it was kind of a two sides of the same coin yeah. that night. But, uh, but the, honestly, there, there's a couple games against bad teams the Pistons play, the team but wins. they are next level bad. Like Even the Toronto Raptors, who they play Saturday or mm-hmm. Sunday, I can't remember which of the two, Like honestly, that might be as good of a chance as they have because the Raptors we've talked about extensively. We don't really mm-hmm. know what they are but they've got some really good players that could easily beat the Pistons, yep. but I th- they're going to be in tough to get a win before they play the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Uh, finally, we did just hear the, uh, the first post-Christmas break edition of the Ski Report before the break, and uh, with the season in full swing, sort of, uh, because of the lack of snow, both here in the city and across the mountain resorts. Uh, regardless of that, I'm saying the Ski Hill Beer, and this can come in whatever form you <laughs> so choose. I'm a big chairlift beer guy. I'm a big stop halfway down the hill, uh, duck off in the trees and sit on the hillside and crack a beer. So you in got a park sack with beer? I I take my backpack okay. with me on the hill yeah Um and that's a good place to put all the empties as yep. well cuz obviously you don't want to leave them laying around. The parking lot beer if uh, if you're a tailgate lunchtime haver, which is my favorite thing to do on the hill, or if you head into the chalet for an apre ski beer. Whatever edition I'm, of it is your favorite, this <laughs> the ski hill beer is a top 5 of I'm, any beer
0: that can be had. I'm in on a duke and in- I mean you could have had uh, A, B, C, D, E, or then F all of the above. Yeah. You know,
3: that's Th- those are those are all top notch. I don't oh. the chalets are usually so crowded. But, but I would say if you can grab
0: a beer. A outside... Table, an outside table okay. if the yeah. weather's
3: decent enough, yeah. maybe the sun is a nice sun dog day or something, that's great. But I'll be honest with you, Kev, my favorite yeah. is uh, yeah, you like you got them stashed, maybe the flask in your coat pocket as well. You kinda stop halfway down the mm-hmm. mountain, group of your buddies, you pull off in off the main path. Camp in the camp in the snow. And just sit there it's, in the on the fr- the sun facing side of the hill and enjoy a,
0: a nice cold one. It's reminding me of the story with Speck and I in uh, Marmot Basin, <laughs> yeah. you know, because we had we had a few on the lift, and then
3: all, all, all of a sudden you. Uh, it, the the only bad thing about that is because I know there are certain resorts um, where you need the lift to get back to where your cabin is, yeah. right? If you're staying on the hill or something, if you're if you're halfway up, all of a sudden you sit in there and enjoy those beers uh, yeah. on the hillside too long. The lifts close. You got to walk back up the hill yeah. in your ski boots to get back yeah. to the chalet.
0: Have you ever skied Kimberly? Kimberly, no. I mean, you could basically ski right to your... Whatever your condo or whatever yeah. you want to, yeah, ski
3: it. in, ski out. That, yeah. That's the best situation. We, yeah. we did a lot of ski trips uh, when I was at the U of A, both for the agriculture club mm-hmm. and the uh, the fraternity. We kind of go on separate ones, uh, whether just for the boys and then uh, the whole the whole group mixed in. And yeah, that's that was always the best is to to arrange some yeah. ski in, ski out. Obviously, a little pricier, and when you're in uh, in school, that's always a factor. But nothing beats it. Get a hot oh. tub, hopefully at the spot you're staying to
0: The best. Just I, I just want to hit the Marmot. Right the, the best. The
3: best, Jerry. The best. The
0: very best. Yeah, I'm in on it for for sure. Uh, That is, are you in or are you out? Some solid points again by the Duke. Uh, When we come back, top of the hour, it'll be Brett Hedekin uh, from the San Jose Sharks. That'll be our St. Albert Dodge game of the day as we preview the Oilers and the Sharks. And then at uh, 10.20, we go in the community for United Sport and Cycle and talk to Bobby O, Bobby Olenek. Uh, The Edmonton Under-15 tournament is well underway, I guess, uh, day two. At Collingwood, it's just one of the best, the old Bantam tournament, if you want to call it that. But uh, that's coming up at 10.20. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.